And you are tuned in to part two of Women Who Boss Up with Zarina Fry. You also mentioned that you've been doing some writing. You wrote some books. So you're an author. And I know I just seen something posted in Facebook where you're doing this trilogy. How did this start? Oh, I'm in love with that book. Uh, it's called Thecla Dark Romance. And I started writing that book. I started writing, really writing that book the second I left South Bend, Indiana. I started, you know, I did the outline to it when I was there, when I was uh, still living in uh, South Bend, but I didn't really dig into it and just really just immerse myself in this in this book until I was in Massachusetts. And you know, what a better place to write than Massachusetts, where all the writers, you know, kind of originated from. So uh, I thought that was cool. You know, I just wanted to. I'm going to talk about. I'm slated to uh, do a premiere on the South Florida Writers Association Author Showcase, which was in Books and Books, a, a large independent chain um, um, that is just really great for writers. And if anyone wants to purchase a book, I highly recommend Books and Books. They are online, booksandbooks.com. But so um, my uh, premiere for this for this book will be done online. Um, you can find it on my website, ZarinaFry.com. You can also find it on SouthFloridaWritersAssociation.org. But the book itself is just a quick synopsis is that, you know, there's a woman who has been pretty much kidnapped to train an army of ragtag soldiers. And um, it's set in a, a post-apocalyptic setting and I wanted to talk about so many things that I felt that this book this story let me do that I wanted to talk about uh, the hypocrisy in religious institutions I wanted to talk about you know the nasty competition that women can get under over a guy I wanted to talk about how you can actually be in love without being physical and I also wanted to talk about how you can be in a dysfunctional relationship and yet it still be very physically gratifying. So having said that, you know, this is a book that's pretty, uh, it's for adults, but I think that uh, I, I think that women for sure will enjoy this book. Men will like it too, but I say that because the protagonist, our hero, is a woman. And everyone who has read it that I know of um, has said nothing but good things. With you being a journalist, how do you generate new ideas? Well, it's not hard these days, but I really, I actually, it's um, all about what I'm already doing. And it's really about how does what I'm doing and what and the, pro, and the, and the things that I'm writing or trying to sell, how is it relating to what's going on today? So, you know, like, for example, well, this is actually the last, you know, The Walking Dead was, was and is like a, you know, huge success. And a lot of, it's a television show, and this is going to be the last season, I'm told. But the thing was, a lot of people don't know that this was actually a comic book. So that's something that I've been working on with uh, Thecla. How do I turn 
the you know someone who wouldn't read a novel, romantic novel, because I believe in the story that I write. I believe in the things that I write. So how can I get it out there to more people to expose and you know expose the story to you know people who might not want to read you know a trilogy? And so I've been I've, I got with an artist and we're working on doing a comic version of that. Oh. Um, so I'm with, that's really exciting. But as far as you know, other new content. You know, the books that I've written, the books that I've published for people, the things that they have to say, how does it, you know, work with, you know, what's going on today? And a lot, you know, it's just a matter of just taking a little excerpt or, you know, and putting it out into uh, utilizing social media a lot. So You also mentioned publishing. Do you publish your own books and do you have a publishing company? Yeah. I, the first book that I published was um, through Ex Libris Publishing called I Won't Apologize for Being a Woman. And it's a book of poetry. You know, I did that not thinking that I want to go into publishing. It was just, you know, I was doing so many open mics and people were, you know, they were telling me that I should write a book. And I would get my uh, manuscript together and I figured out to these publishing companies and get rejected. And I'm like, I'm so tired of this. <laughs> and I find out that, you know, I, I happen on to the world of self-publishing, ex-leaders publishing, Ex Libris Publishing is a self-publishing company, but they're not as cheap as they used to be when I came out with uh, I Want to Apologize for Being a Woman. And around that time, Amazon wasn't even publishing. They weren't, even, they, they weren't offering uh, self-publishing services. So once I did that, that went very well. South, and, South Bend Tribune covered that very well, I didn't in a way I didn't even expect. So they, you know, that that was a great turnout, and that's how I was still around that time, still dealing with the Michiana monologue. And that's how I was able to publish a uh, the 2011 book for them, and that was used and still may be used for their women's studies program. And then from there, um, once I published for IUSB, then my my little small press took off, and I had. Um, entrepreneurs coming um, to me and asking if I could help them publish their book and so and it just kind of you know uh, went off from there when I went to when I moved to Massachusetts that didn't stop I you know um, as I was doing my freelance journalism I was still publishing books for entrepreneurs and aspiring authors so it was just great to just really help people who thought that they could never be an author become an author and it still is a great feeling and still doing that today working on um one that should be out hopefully by the end of this month by a talented um writer in massachusetts so looking forward to that to this date i think i got about like at least a catalog of maybe one of three publications I will say the thing that really just added to my publishing experiences when I, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, I always go to school. I'm going to school for something. So when I moved to Massachusetts, I enrolled into a literary publishing program at Emerson College where I got my um, certificate. And that's where 45 Magazine was birthed. And that started off as a um, it was inspired by Michiana monologues of just publishing women's stories and also artwork as well. And uh, I, I published about three volumes of that that can still be purchased on Amazon. But then after a while, 
I did with the rest of the publishing companies, didn't just went digital, uh, to uh, 45magazine.com. And you can uh, check that out. You can, if you're a writer looking to get published, you can send in your submission. What motivates you? What motivates me? Mm-hmm. I, I, that's a good question because I just do it. I don't think anymore. I mean, I just get up and do it. And I, I would say what motivates me is I feel like probably I just need I need to be heard. Someone needs to hear what I have to say. And I need to say it in so many ways. And if I need to say it in a, a poem, I will. And if I have to do it in a book, I will. And if I have to do it in a magazine, I'll do it too. Uh, it could echo, other people can echo it for me. And if I can if I need to do it in a screenplay, I'll do that as well. And in a comic, any other way, you know, I mm-hmm. just feel like, you know, there's something, you know, we all have a story to tell. Right. And a lot of people are not as, you know, not really is open to tell their story, but I am. And so I'm like, yeah, this happened and this happened and this happened. And, and you need to know this. Right. <laughs> so it, it could be a little um, narcissistic. Okay. I, I just feel like I need I have a story to tell. So what has been your most satisfying moment as a journalist? Oh, as a journalist? The first thing that comes to mind is when I got published in the Worcester Journal. You know what? It's WBJ Business Journal. Because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) Worcester. Like Worcester sauce. Seriously. That's how, (laughs) like you can't pronounce Worcester sauce. It's that. But it's uh, the WBJ Journal. So I figure like once as a journalist, once I got published in a business journal, um, you know, I, I sh- they're going to take me serious now. Mm, okay. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> I felt that way. What is your greatest fear and how do you manage fear? My greatest fear is uh, not succeeding. So I just, I just keep doing what I do. There's plenty of times that I have not succeeded. That's how I face it is actually there's times that I've, I've not succeeded and doing certain things and uh, like maybe I didn't win a poetry slam or something like that and uh, which has happened more than once <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah I would say that not succeeding you know always being thinking that I'm not that what I'm doing is not good enough and so how I combat that is just keep doing what I'm doing because somebody's going to think it's good enough and there always is right you know. exactly so what drives you to keep going when it's really tough? Because I know that writing is the only thing I feel like I can do very well. And so if it's not, if, if it's tough, it means one or two things. Maybe that's not the way I need to go. Or maybe I need to just keep pushing a little harder and knock that door down. Either way, I have to keep doing what I've been made, what I've been made to do. What's non-negotiable for you? Well, everything is fluid. <laughs> but uh, I know I will. You know what? Yeah, there is one thing. It, it can't. What? Whatever is happening, whatever my opportunities are, whatever my contracts are, they cannot be against my faith. They cannot be against my faith at all. I will walk away. I have walked away. Uh, there was one instance where this one woman wanted me to write a book for her, or not write a book, publish a book for her. 
and happy that I just had a client, you know, I immediately said yes. And she, you know, she wrote me the check and it was a nice looking check, Mm -hmm. I might add. And she gave me her manuscript and I'm reading this manuscript. I mean, she wasn't the devil or anything like that, but there was a, you know, the the type of thing that she was practicing just did not fall. Not It was contradicting my faith. Okay. And I felt like that that could not be part of my catalog because really the things that I publish, even for the people, I feel like is an echo of me, of, of what I'm trying to say as well. So, um, and they just, they just said it better, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to call her and tell her that I could not do this. And um, I sent her, I mailed her back her check. And that hurt because, you know, as a writer. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's not like, um, you know, unless you are employed as a copywriter, you're not getting checks every week or every other week, you know. So they come as, as a contract. It's con- it's contractual work. So okay. I had to turn away from that. Ouch. But you got to stick true to your standards. I understand. If you can go back and give advice to yourself 20 years ago, what would it be? Girl, go and get your degree. Oh, there's so much I would tell myself. <laughs> but number one, put guys first. Number two, get your education right after out of high school. Make sure you're doing something that you love to do. And get that master's in creative writing. Okay. Now, who has been your greatest inspiration? I don't know the name of this woman, to be honest with you. But I will tell you, I was in a relationship that I was not... I'm not going to say it was like all bad, but it was, it got to the point where it was no longer good for me anymore. And that was around the time that I had started jotting down little lines of poetry, not realizing that that's what I was doing, but that was just me. We'll call it journaling. That's what I was doing really. And, uh, for some reason I came across this news week. I don't know what, how and why I had a news week. Cause I still don't, I don't even read that today. <laughs> and, um, but there was this black woman, or I call her a girl. She uh, had gotten a $15,000 book publishing contract. And I was like, what is going on right here? I can write. I tell stories. How come I, I can get that $15,000? You know? So um, I tore that page out of the magazine taped it over my Apple Macintosh computer, and I just began writing. I don't know that woman's name. Mm. And I didn't, have, I didn't have the money to buy her book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but whoever she is, that's, uh, she was my biggest inspiration. That was the turning point. So what's next for Zarina? You know, any future projects? What's next? I know you're going to school to get your master's. You mentioned, you know, turning your trilogy into a comic for those that don't like to read. What's next for you? Big time publication. All right. Speaking into existence. <laughs> you got to speak. Yes. Big time publication. Big time check. Big time steady work. National recognition. Respect. Any projects? Uh, oh, wait. I'm, I'm not done now. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, I'll be teaching in, in somebody's college. And uh, big time projects, you said? Anything? Any yeah. Projects, period. What's next? Well, I'm in the middle of, uh, I, I wrote a fan fiction screenplay of Harlequin, and um, well, I'll just get to the point that DC has not picked it up, but to me, this is big time, because uh, I, um, 
after seeing the Joker movie and uh, the way it ended, I'm like, oh, my God, this is where Harley Quinn needs to come in. And, you know, you know, something about that character, I think everyone loves, but it just doesn't seem, even in the movie Birds of Prey, I don't think that, it was a good movie, but it wasn't the Harley Quinn I was looking for, and so I wrote the Harley Quinn. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's being read as a cold reading through Naked Angels, which is a, um, a organization, it's actually a, a chain of organizations, there's one in New York, there's one in Chicago, there's one in Los Angeles, there's and then there's uh, one here in Miami where local original talent is put on display, a place for writers, it's a place for uh, musicians and singers. And so when it comes to writers and scre- or screenwriters, it's cold reading. And actors show up and they, you know, uh, you give them your script and they, you can, you watch your characters come to life and, and that's where you can tweak and see what works and what doesn't. And it's been, been read for almost a year now and uh, we're coming at two more I have two more scenes for actors to read, and at that point, I'll be working with a script doctor to just uh, clean it up, uh, get it out there to um, screenwriters. Hey, and you know, I'm looking for DC Comics to still pick this one up. That's all I'm saying. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Very good. Now, yeah. if you had one piece of advice to someone just starting out, what would it be? Follow your dream. If you have it. You know, if, I'll say this, because some people have dreams that I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know what's, what's going on with that. But if it's connected to something that you love to do and that you are re- very good at doing and that it, and it does not break the law, then you need to go for that because no one can do what you do quite like you. What is your definition of a boss? Someone asked me this before. A boss is someone who... A boss is someone who handles their business, and when I say that, I know I need to go deeper when it comes to that. And that means a boss is some is is someone who is who respects themselves, respects others. Their word is solid. They're loyal, but at the same time, they are not not well. Now this is kind of hypocritical, but I'll say it anyway. But not loyal to a fault, because that's something you have to learn. Because I've been loyal to a fault, but a boss is intuitive and responsible. Okay. A boss is someone who, like, like now you got me going. A boss is someone who pays their bills, who cares about their credit, who knows the value of money, who's not falling into, not going with the crowd, but going on their own path. Sounds good. Now, any last remarks? You know, it's, it's really crazy out there right now. And I would I would say at this point, when it comes to making decisions, vote for one. I would say when it comes to make making decisions, make sure that you're making a decision that is not only based on physical things, but you you need to make a decision that that your soul can live with. Something that you can you know make. So when you make that decision, it's something that's not keeping you up at night. You don't want you know something that is that you'll never have to look back and, and say woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right. So that's also part of being a boss as well. <laughs> but I would just say, and when I say that, that's the definition for me of being true to yourself. I know you hear because that's being said so much. Be true to yourself, but that's what it means that oh. you can live with yourself. All right, Zarina. Now, is there? If someone wants to contact you, want more information, or to follow you, throw me all that information. The quickest way to do it, because I have like aliases 
and you know, I have pen names. But you can find everything. You can find my social media handles through my website at zarinafry.com. That's spelled Z-O-R-I-N-A-F-R-E-Y. Pronounced fry, but it's with an E. So um, Zarina Fry, Z-O-R-I-N-A-F-R-E-Y.com. And you'll find all of my publications and all of my social media handles there. I want to thank you for taking the time out to share your story with us and your journey to journalism, authoring, writing, poetry, all things creative. I want to thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You're tuned into another segment. Until next time. If you would like more information about Women Who Boss Up, you can email womenwhobossup at gmail.com.